Welcome to another episode of Relationship Rewired, where we talk about what's right and what's wrong with relationships and marriage in our world today. This episode is titled, She Sheds in My Man Cave, and my guest is Debbie Boggs. Okay, well, welcome to another episode of Relationship Rewire, and my guest today is Debbie Boggs. I've known Debbie since, um, well, since I've known anything. She's my sister, (laughs) and she has a company called By Design, and, uh, well, I'm going to let you explain your, because you have more than one business going there that they're both related right go ahead and tell us what that is so most homeowners when they're selling their home they have trouble getting the most netting the most profit and uh, so we have a system that helps them get the most money in the shortest amount of time and it's home staging and uh, and then we that's by design our local staging company and then we also have staging studio which is where we train stagers and realtors uh, about staging okay Uh, on a given week how many different homes are staged by your company oh we have about 50 vacant homes staged at any given time so that's it's a pretty big volume (laughs) so you've got a place where you keep all this furniture that you're staging these homes with Big, a big warehouse. Big warehouse. Yeah, I've been lots there. Lots of stuff. <laughs> yes, lots of stuff. Wow, that's that's a lot of homes. And then and then you started doing the the staging studio. You call it that you mm-hmm. that you train people to stage, and you've got you got some customers all over that. that right, use that. we we train stagers uh, all around the country. Uh, we just had some last week from all the four corners of the U.S. and uh, uh, we just started that about. Uh, about two years ago we have online training as well as the live workshops okay and i need to give a little shout out to julie your partner yes julie young her husband uh, is one of my best buddies as well so uh Uh, well okay so we were trying to figure out there's a there's a lot of issues you're running into people that are in transition they're um, selling their home or they're looking to make their home look better and but a lot of times they're selling their home because there's uh, problems in their marriage. They're getting yeah. a divorce or something like that. Yeah, that seems to be a really common thing. That you know, a, a divorce, the breakup of a marriage, is uh, most of the times going to result in selling a home. So we have a lot of clients that that's the situation, and then it's also a lot of times the reverse: the stress of moving and and selling a home and everything puts a strain on the relationship yeah and uh, you know it's funny we're we're in the most personal private spaces of people's homes the places that you know their guests don't even go in their bedrooms and their closets and their bathrooms right and people tend to tell you things in those spaces that they wouldn't tell you out in the entry hall you know they t- you have more intimate conversations in those more intimate spaces and so they end up telling us a lot of the things about their life personal yeah things and we get to know a lot of what's going on behind the scenes and uh, well you know okay because that's one thing that I've learned about what you guys do over the years is that um, you've tried to be intentional about your uh, business not just being about making money but about helping people mm-hmm. and um, 
I, th this is not something you've asked me to that we had in our notes about what we're going to talk about, but I do know that for it seemed like for years you guys weren't even making a profit because you were just trying to make sure that you had employees that uh, had stable jobs, but you also um, give back. Uh, you've committed part of your your business that gives back to a lot of things. Tell me right. some of the, tell me about that. What do you, how do you give back? What do you do? What's your, we have, um, on our website, we've got three different nonprofit partners that regularly, uh, 10% of our courses that we sell, they all, it goes to one of those partners. And this month though, for, for the month of Valentine's for February, uh, any of those sales, 10% and 10% of any new vacant stages also goes to the growing love network uh, because we you know like i said we're, we're seeing all the pain that these relationships are going through and um and we're not marriage counselors people are telling us their their stories and i'm i'm not gifted i'm not skilled to to handle those so this is one of the reasons why i wanted to do this podcast with you is because i want our clients to have to know some, where the resources are Great. and, and uh, what you have to offer. And I got to tell you, John, that um, thank you for what you've done in my marriage because, <laughs> as you know, Randy and I went through a rough patch or two, and, uh, and the ministry that you do, that really made a huge difference for us. Got us through that, and now we have not just a good marriage, uh, but we have a great marriage. And, and so I really want to thank you yeah, for the I want, work that you've done. I want to say something about that because you guys, you didn't wait till it got terrible, which which mm -hmm. most of the couples yeah. that we deal with, they wait to do something until it yeah. gets really bad. And, and um, But uh, you guys were proactive. You said, we need to, we need to grow. So you've, I, you've taken at least, that I know of, at least two different marriage classes that um, we've trained mm -hmm. people to do. And then you've led some of those yourself to help keep that was, like for, that was for our own benefit yeah. well joanna and <laughs> so i did the we, same thing so yeah. keep on getting exposed to the material and let it really sink in oh yeah and which sometimes it takes well, for most people it takes you got to mm -hmm. keep being yeah. exposed to it. so when uh you started that we started talking about doing this the, for february mm -hmm. and doing a podcast i was going what in the world do these two have to mm -hmm. you know home staging and marriages and when we started talking about it's it like there's there's a whole lot of crossover yeah there's a lot yeah and so we're going to jump into that and i'm kind of no, i'm not kind of i'm really excited about that because i'm like yeah some this this there's some of the stuff here that i want i've been wanting to talk about but it's like i don't know what the right how the right yeah. way to bring some of this stuff up so okay there's you were telling me about some of these um new trends in in home staging Mm -hmm. One of them was like, uh, uh, I uh, don't even try to say these words. Yeah. You're not going to be <laughs> hygiene or something like that is, is what it looks like. No, but think hug. Think hug. Huggies. Hug Huggy. 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 It's a Scandinavian word. Huga. Yeah. Scandinavian so huggies. The, you know, we, every year we do the, uh, the trends, the upcoming design trends. And this year, um, for our 2018 trends, one of the ones, um, comes out of Scandinavia. It's it's uh, the idea of coziness. Hugga means cozy. And, you know, we've had this... So huggy, if you can't remember huggy. There you go, okay. huggy. Okay. It kind of looked like huggy. <laughs> 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 um, but, 
you know, after after the big open concept floor plan has been a, a big thing the last few years. Well, now people are going, okay, that's really cool, but I want it to be cozy. So now we're yeah. having the tiny house phenomenon. Yeah. And people are trying to create micro zones within their open floor plans. Uh, converse, it's really about conversation and community communication yeah little places to sit down and talk together little nooks i like that trend because yeah for seemed like a couple decades rooms were just getting bigger and bigger and you walk into a place and yeah this is this is nice but it's like a big giant ballroom and exactly it doesn't feel like a home it feels yeah exactly it it's kind of inhibits conversation even when it's just so big and spread out yeah yeah so so that's Huga. That's Huga. So another one that we talked about was Kintsukuri. Uh, it's also called Kintsugi sometimes. Um, so this is an ancient Japanese. And it looks like philosophy. Kintsukuri. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> the word. Um, so by pronounce the, your pronunciations of these words, people trying to Google them, you're. Yeah, yeah it's, I, it's not gonna. They're spelled very not. different. And word. I'm probably I'm probably butchering the. Okay, so wait, Huga is spelled H. Y G G G E. Okay, yeah. so yeah. and then Kintsukuri is spelled K I N T S U K U R O I. Something like that. Okay. Yeah, because people are going to want to Google. Yeah, they're going to want to Google it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this is an ancient Japanese uh, philosophy that there is beauty in brokenness, and and I've thought a lot about marriage as I've been thinking about this trend. You know. And I'll get you to, to comment on that in a minute. Um, but it's the idea, it comes from this old story of this Japanese ruler who had this treasured dish or bowl. And um, at some party, some servant uh, accidentally dropped it and broke it. And everybody, you know, the hush, oh no, what's he going to do? Because he was kind of known for his fits of anger. Uh, but the, the court jester made a joke out of it and wrote a poem and a song about it and everybody breathed a sigh of relief and and uh and then somebody took those pieces and used gold to mend that bowl together so the cracks became solid gold and it became a thing of even greater beauty yeah for having been broken and so what do you think how how could that relate oh that has so much i mean I probably at l- I'm working with at least one couple a week, and especially that you know the ones that come to our three day intensive love reboot, where we see them, you know, two three years later, mm-hmm. and they're they're they report to us their marriage is better now than it ever mm-hmm. has been after they've gone through something really tough. Yeah. In fact, I I always say there's I've never seen a a good marriage that's only been married two or three years they might be going in a good direction but until you've until you've gone through some tough stuff together and weathered that together those are the things that really make your marriage beautiful you know when you when you roll over um, for the 10,000th morning and you've been through some rough stuff together and you see that person still Mm -hmm. there next to you then there's something really strong and bonding. Even if you've had mm-hmm. an argument the night before, that you know, you know what, this person is still gonna be with me, yeah, no matter what. Yeah, and and that there's a there's a strong bonding there that you just can't get without 
without having been broken, yeah. without going through some the best patches. marriages yeah. have been through some yeah. tough stuff together. Yeah, mm-hmm. in fact, a lot of the uh, couples that that uh, are that we've trained now and that are helping other couples are couples that were they had divorce proceedings going at one time. Mm. You know. And that, in fact, one. So, one, so you're saying, wait, if even though you're in divorce proceedings and everything, that it's not too late that you can. No, still... there was okay. We did the uh, the pilot of our growing love class at your house. I don't know. Oh yeah. 2012. Oh, I forgot that. Yeah. Six years ago or so, and um, there was a couple there that uh, just seven. Actually, there was two couples in that class. That were already in divorce proceedings. Uh, one, one was already re- one was already right? divorced, and remember they showed up. They had been to one of our love reboots about uh, six months earlier, mm-hmm. and they showed up to the class, still divorced. But they their original intent was well. The reason they came to love reboot is because their daughter, their fourteen year old daughter, said you're going to this, and they said we have no intention of staying married. And mm-hmm. they, she said, I, I get that, but the two of you uh, are making mm. my life miserable by the way you treat each other. Mm. You know, they thought divorce was going to solve all their relational mm-hmm. problems. And but uh, and then they ended up, I don't know, about week six or seven, she had her engagement yeah. ring and they got re-engaged during that class. Another couple, though, um, that came to that, they have now, I think they've led five Growing Love classes, but they came to a love reboot just a few months before that. And um, they had already... They were very far into their divorce proceedings when they came, mm, mm-hmm. and and now they, um, we Joanne and I have dinner with them a couple times a year. But now they and they have oh. led five classes to help other couples. So, yeah. Well, so that's that s- is Ken Sakuri. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and that's that's what I've seen over and over through your ministry that I've gotten to be up close and see it see it uh, intimately is that. It really works. It's really having a powerful effect. And I wanted our clients uh, to see that because so often, you know, like I said, they come to us with a problem. I can't, I can't solve them. <laughs> I can't help them. But I want them to see a place where they can get some help. Well, you do. And there's, um, there's got to be some Japanese term for this too about how everything connects together, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, people say, you know, they come to love, they're like the three-day love reboot, and they've got these peripheral issues that they think are the big thing, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. they want to talk about those peripheral issues, but they're not dealing with the, with the stuff that's really at the core of it. Mm-hmm. But they, you know, what about this? Well, yeah, that does affect your marriage. That does, but it's all interconnected. Your the way you decorate your house and. You know, mm-hmm. um, who who you go to for business, all that stuff affects your marriage and, and is affected by your marriage as well. So that's that's some of the stuff I wanted to jump into with you. Okay. But uh, okay. but at any point, when you, if there's something else about design that you think about, um, and I'm sure you will. I'll jump in. Th- I have jump no trouble in. interrupting yeah. you. About a year ago, one of the guests on this show and I talked about relationship help that actually makes things worse. In our culture, it's just assumed that if you want to make your marriage better than you read a book or take a marriage class or go to a marriage conference and hear a really dynamic expert talk about marriage. If your marriage is in trouble, our culture assumes that the place to start is with counseling. And most people assume that if their spouse says it's over and aren't willing to get help, then there's no hope. 
but most of the traditional approaches often only make matters worse in the long run. It's not that the information that is dispensed through these methods is wrong, although sometimes it is, it's that the method of dispensing the information is usually flawed. Love Reboot changes all that. It has a strong and proven record for being several times more effective for helping marriages grow, healing troubled marriages, and saving failing marriages, even when one of the spouses has decided it's too late. We have led more than 100 of these workshops and believe that you will not find three days that will do more for your marriage, whether you're engaged, happily married, but want to keep growing together, or on the brink of divorce. Come see why people call Love Reboot the most important three days of your marriage. If you think your spouse might be reluctant to attend, let us know before you approach him or her, and we can coach you on strategies to overcome that reluctance. For more information, visit us at growinglovenetwork.org. Hello, this is Max Lucado. You're listening to Relationship Rewire. Okay, so, the, okay, Joanne and I have been married for almost 33 years now, mm-hmm. and we've had three different houses and several apartments and things like that and joanna loves to decorate she's great at it. she's she's really good well yeah she's this is her doing here um but she also likes to invite her sisters-in-law and her sisters into into that process too and Mm -hmm. um and when that's happening i know that i just stay out of the way until it's time to Mm -hmm. hang something you know mount something but uh and there's there's a there's a bit of me um, that likes, that has some opinion, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm not so good with what colors go with what and everything, but yeah. Um, so in the next room over is my study, and my study is... Um, it, is it your man cave? It's, mm-hmm. it's In a way, it's my man cave. It, mm-hmm. it doesn't look like a man cave. There's no Michael Jordan posters on the wall or, you know, mm-hmm, beer mm-hmm. Uh, neon signs or anything like that. But I, I, I'm thinking that one of the the tensions in fact one of the biggest struggles we hear people talk about oh they have money problems a lot of times when there's money problems below that is really a deeper issue which is power struggle Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um i bet you see this a lot just with with when you're working with a couple of them struggling over how uh, you know how we're going to design this house how we're going to set up this room to down to just where is that picture going to hang mm-hmm. or is it going to hang there mm-hmm. and um it seems to me like the more well i should say it this way the less that they're sharing power the more little tiny issues are going to become big issues right like if if they know that where we're putting things that if if for example if i know that joanna is thinking about would john want this here mm-hmm. would he be okay with it here then it matters way less to me than than if if I think she's totally disregarding me and, and right. just putting it where she wants. Right. You know. Yeah, I think that's that's kind of some of the key in making those decisions together uh, about where things are going to go. Because of course you're going to have different opinions about about it, and it does often come down to that power struggle. So, and you can probably answer this question better than I can, but. In making those decisions, seems like that some of the important 
things to look at in, in it would be first respect. Yeah. You know, respecting each other and, and really caring, like you said, about what the other person's desires are and, and, uh, and then listening intentionally. Okay, what is it? Trying to get to the bottom of what, it, okay, I know you say you want that there, but why? What's, let me understand what, what's behind it. You know, maybe, and then come up with a win-win, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we had this with a client this week. Um, um, you know, the husband wanted a, a, a barca lounger. <laughs> he wanted a recliner to watch TV uh-huh. in, you know? And yeah. she was like, and, and I ain't happening. Yeah. Not in my living room. Yeah. And, uh, and so we were able to find a chaise lounge that was modern and cool looking that fulfilled both you know yeah both form and function yeah and uh found it's found a win-win okay form versus function because this is probably now uh at the risk of sounding sexist i i gave you an example and you emailed me back that'll never happen or yeah because you flipped the genders i flipped the genders which the traditional gender roles yeah Uh i said so let's say uh, the wife wants a recliner so people can be comfortable, and right. the husband in in this spot, and the husband wants a nice and I decorative, said, yeah, I like un- <laughs> uncomfortable chair. But the, but I intentionally flipped the genders because very often it is that way. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. um, we get and very often um, you know it. Uh, we we just think this is how men are, and this is how women right. are. Um, which we'll, I'm going to get to another thing on that in okay. a bit. But, um, yeah, so so a lot of times one is thinking form and one is thinking function. Mm-hmm. How do you deal with that when you're dealing with a couple? Huh. That's why I like staging is because <laughs> you just, <laughs> you just tell design, them this is the way I it's going to be. This is, it, this is it. You want to sell your house, you do this. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it does so often get into it. Like I said, into marriage counseling between couples, because this is, you know, you're talking about their personal space, and it's it's emotional, and it does become this this power struggle. Yeah. So I mean, those would be the thing, the three things I would say would be respect, seek to understand, and seek a win-win. So, mm-hmm. what would you say on that? What What are your? Thoughts? Yeah, I I think that's all. Those are all part of of sharing the power. If you know, more often than not. The wife is more concerned with how it's going to look, mm-hmm. and the husband is not as concerned with that. He's more concerned with how's it going to function, you know, if we're right. just talking gender. But it can be flipped in different situations. Right. But, um, and, and the, both of those things are important. Mm-hmm. But I think that more the more that uh, each person, you know, the more that my spouse can see that I am, that their say has just as much as my right. say, then the things that don't really matter so much to them matter even less. Yeah. But if you're dealing with a couple where, you know, every 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 decision seems to be one that's way over here and mm-hmm. the other one's way over there, it's probably not about the issue of that item that, that or that thing. room it's or whatever. It's the balance of it's, power. It's the, yeah, yeah, it's that they're not sharing yeah. power. And, and Joanne and I, you know, this was us. 25 years ago every little thing was a power uh-huh. struggle and so totally. it really mattered to me I, I fought for form on every little issue and she mm-hmm. fought I mean I fought I fought for function on every little issue she fought for form and not just in our 
decorating and you know I would intentionally if we're going to something that really mattered to her and she's dressed to the nines I would intentionally put on something that's just totally was functional comfy, comfy yeah <laughs> functional and and didn't yeah. go together you know and I knew it and you know just to let this I, you're not going to tell me what to do yeah. you know yeah and uh but then once we started working towards sharing power more then not only am I thinking about what would she be okay with you know when I'm going yeah. to put my clothes on even when I'm buying my clothes I'm going what would, would you she want? like yeah what? yeah yeah well, you know, this is this is brings up uh, one of the strategies that we use in staging, because when somebody's buying a house, they're looking for a better life. They're looking for a new chapter in their life. So they want a home that that makes them feel like their family time is going to be better, their marriage is going to be better in that house, and so uh, we use some strategies specifically to make them to give that feeling to convey that idea that life's going to be better there so uh and one of the things is that balance of power we we stage it so that there's a balance of genders and there's a there's a lot of we use is that the same thing as gender neutral no okay no not the same as gender gender neutral it's a balance of genders uh having some some what we would typically think of as masculine elements mm-hmm. as well as some feminine elements. And of course there are gender neutral in there too, but, yeah. but a balance of those. Um, so for example, and using a lot of symmetry to create that balance. For example, in the master bedroom, we always use matching nightstands, matching lamps, matching pillows. So it gives this this sense of peace and harmony, and it's not a conscious thought, mm-hmm. but when buyers walk in, they think, my marriage is going to be better in this house. Yeah. You know? So yeah. we use little tricks and strategies like that that could be used also for people that are designing their house if they yeah. would think about balance and, uh, you know. Yeah, so th- this is one of those things that, you know, I mean, I thought of some, but n- not near as much until you and I started talking about doing this podcast. But it's what you're saying, and and I wouldn't have thought about it before, but I now wholeheartedly agree, is that the way you design a room mm-hmm. can have very powerful influence on your relationship. Absolutely. Absolutely. You think about um, in your living room, the way it's laid out. Uh you know, if it's if the seating is all individual chairs, you know, loungers or whatever recliners lined up in a row facing a TV, that's not very conducive to conversation right. and community. Right. And um, right now, you and I are sitting about our faces are about four feet apart, and that's um, that is by design. When uh, it's. So this I, setup is by design. It, this is by design, yes. By so design. The, the optimal conversation distance, and this is one of the things that we learn in design principles, is four to eight feet. Yeah. So if we were more than eight feet apart, it'd be really awkward yeah. and uncomfortable having a conversation. So we need to set up our living spaces so that the chairs are, are within that distance apart 
and but too often we see them way spread out especially like we were talking about in these open floor plans you yeah. know they're set up with these massive conversation distances and it it really gets in the way of intimate conversation makes awkward yeah i was just i just saw an article the other day that there's new this new trend of um uh, bedding for couples where they're actually two separate beds right up against each other Oh, that's like back to, back to the old you know in the fifties. Yeah, except they, they had were, the couples had twin beds, but they yeah. had they had a nightstand between them, and you wonder yeah. how they had kids. Yeah, but um, yeah, but uh, no, this is the beds are right up next to each other, but they ha- but they're individual, huh? But they ha- have their own set of blankets, and it's supposed mm-hmm. to be conducive to better relationship because you're not pulling the covers off each other, and you can you're both setting your own temperature comfort. And, uh-huh. Uh huh. I don't know that I would think that that's better for relationship yeah, I don't because know. I, that's part of it is learning how to share the blankets and, yeah yeah and, i guess you know. it would be a last ditch <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes, I, I like i like you know if it were up to me i'd spoon all night but joanna mm-hmm. says i give off a lot of body heat so yeah she, she but she knows that she, i still like that touch so she'll touch her foot against mm-hmm. my leg or something like that yeah. as we're falling asleep in that yeah yeah, uh, yeah. so you wouldn't you wouldn't probably recommend that uh, yeah. I don't think I would. Now I think there, there's something to be said that you know you each sleep differently and one yeah. gets hotter than the other and all that. You yeah. know, and finding ways to work that out. Uh, but I, I think that that sharing the marriage bed, yeah, is there's something about that 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 yeah, you, like getting out of your comfort zone for the other, for the yeah, sake of us. Yeah, you're yeah. learning how to share your space. You're sharing that space together. Yeah, for a, a big part of your time you yeah know, every day every night okay here's here's a what do you think about man caves hmm <laughs> man caves well what do you think about she sheds <laughs> <laughs> well if she sheds that means she's pretty hairy uh-huh and for, yeah. um Okay, my, I haven't my heard, brother the punster, he's I always... <laughs> I haven't heard about she sheds, and what is that? <laughs> <laughs> then you haven't been listening. No, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the, it's, the, it's the female version of the man cave. What would a she shed look like? <laughs> well, it would be a lot prettier. <laughs> a stereotypical she shed. Uh, well, you know, it's the a, it's a, same as a man cave. It's a place to uh, retreat and kind of do your own thing, and you get to have it the way you want. It's got a lot you, of candles. And, and you, Yeah, probably candles. Okay. And you have your whatever you're into, your your reading corner or your uh, uh, painting easel or whatever is your thing, you know? Yeah. I think that'd be okay as long as there's a man cave also. <laughs> <laughs> but the problem with those is that then... You tend to isolate yourself, you know, if it becomes... Yeah. I mean, I think... Every, I, I love the idea of people having their space to do their thing and work on their passions, yeah. you know. But if it becomes a place that every single night you separate and isolate and go off to your to your separate uh, corners, then that's not very healthy for, for, uh, for that communication. Yeah. Family. You know, one thing... I think that even in, a, you know, like a study, a private study... There should be a comfortable chair for somebody else, for the other, you know, yeah. for the other person to be in there sharing yeah. that time with you. Yeah. And uh, and a study or a private place, you know, whether it's a, a man cave or a she shed or a, just a study, yeah. is a great place for intimate conversation. Yeah. I think people 
an intimate space promotes intimate conversation. Yeah. And and so having that that place um, that's away from the big living area, uh, I think does can promote intimacy or yeah. used the wrong way, it can promote uh, isolation. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Uh, well, the closest thing I have to a man cave would probably be my study. Mm-hmm. Before I had my study, which I love my study now, the only place I thought th- that was my space in the whole property was the garage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like I, I was wanting to, can we put heating and air conditioning out there? Yeah. So that, you know, um, when you go, want to get away from whatever's going on inside. Yeah, or just yeah, to have a um, uh, a space to call my own. But my study is probably where Joanna and I have most of our intimate conversations. Mm-hmm. In fact, you know, we start off most of the days in there together. Uh, yeah, that's where we have our best conversation. And and uh, so yeah, I would think if the man cave is kind of this is my space. You don't come into it. Yeah, uh, it's not inviting to the other person. Mm-hmm. That could be that can bring more problems into the marriage. Right. Uh, but I'm also thinking that um, one of the reasons why people might feel like they have need a man cave or want a man cave is because uh, they don't think that there's a space that they can mm-hmm. call their own. Right. They don't feel invested in the rest of this. Yeah, house. it's yeah. just, it's all, all the rest is yours, and so, and I have no say in it, and mm-hmm. that goes back mm-hmm. to the power thing. I think another um, reason that they might want that is to avoid, like you were saying, to avoid the relationship. Mm-hmm. And and if that's, if there's a tinge of that, uh, you know, if there's thoughts of that, I think um, then you need to back up and go, wait, why, why do I really want this? Mm-hmm. Because if, if that's the reason, it's going to just create more rift in the relationship. And then, and then I think sometimes, sometimes men want a man cave because they're just, they got to grow up. They, they, there's, <laughs> there's, there's some arrested development going on there. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, if yeah. you're 45 years old and you want a, a room that has a neon beer sign in it and a, a mm-hmm. poster of Michael Jordan, um, if, if it's Tim Duncan, that's okay. But oh well, that yeah. Yeah, but uh, my, you know. Uh, then what's going on there? <laughs> it's kind of my thought when I've walked yeah. into, gone to somebody's house and I and I see that, uh, I'm I'm going there's there's something more yeah. going on here yeah. than just uh, you know. Unless it's a place where maybe man, you know, their whole family loves watching the Spurs and that's sure. what they do together. Sure, and, yeah, I don't know, want to make they, a cookie cutter statement yeah. there. Yeah, um, so I think it's it's what's going on, like you said, behind that. What what's behind that? I you know I think there's something to be said for retreats and for yeah, personal, personal space, space. And, mm-hmm. and everything, but is there still healthy relationship going on yeah. behind there? Yeah. So coming back full circle, if somebody's thinking about getting a she shed mm-hmm. or a man cave, mm-hmm. uh, that should be something again that it's both that you're sharing power and that doesn't necessarily mean that we're go- both going to decorate this together, but the other person knows. Okay, they're still going to respect me, yeah. In in what they're going to do with this space, and yeah. they're going to. It's still going. It's going to be a, a thing that supports our relationship, not not deters from it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Uh, tell me more about okay this whole this whole thing about 
creating, uh, you, you talked about symmetry, but mm -hmm. what else would you do that, uh, th when you're thinking of what's going to help a relationship yeah. uh, in, in the way you design a space or decorate a space? Well, our, our home should really be a haven. It should be a sanctuary. It should be the, you know, the, the place that you come home to, it's the peace and um, away from the chaos of the world. So if there's a lot of disorder and chaos in the home, um, it, it really, it makes it a place that's not inviting to be at. Um, and it, you know, it can be little things like um, a place to keep your keys. You know, if you, if you have a regular established place to keep your keys, then instead of the last conversation every morning being where's my keys where's my keys would you are you move you're always moving my stuff you yeah, know yeah um you know if you can whatever is are the tension points like that in the marriage yeah. a lot of them come from simple things like that you yeah. know of, of, of you know what can, where can we see a place of stress Let, where can we what can we do to eliminate that little piece of stress it's, and, and not you know, have it's, that same fight every day. That um, I was dealing with a couple some years back and they were actually at one of our three days. And in the third day, during one of the breaks, they came up and said, we're leaving. And I said, what for? And then they started attacking each other. Uh -huh. uh, well, you want to go? No, I don't want to go. You're the one who wants to go. And you, you're not give, putting into this. You're not yeah. putting it, you know. And, um, and in that conversation, I just kind of let it go for a minute because I yeah, was trying yeah. to observe and see what what kind yeah. of things they're doing that are destructive. So I let it go for maybe a minute and a half. Every time that she started talking, she would get maybe seven words out of her mouth and he would interrupt. Hmm. And then when he was talking, she constantly rolled her eyes. Mm, the contempt. Yeah, and, and um, anyway, so I stopped them finally and I said, is this how you usually interact, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they both, yeah, okay. This so you usually, I said to the husband, you usually interrupt her before she finishes her sentence. And he's like, did I do that? Did I, I said, uh -huh. pretty much every time. And yeah. you you roll your eyes whenever he's yeah. giving his viewpoint. She said, did I do that? And I said, I, I like 20-something times, you know, um, wow. in the last minute and a half. Anyway, uh, eight months later, they were doing a class and uh, and, and we were sharing and she said, let me tell you how much little things matter. John pointed this out eight months ago and that I, I rolled my eyes, mm -hmm. you know, all the time. And she said, and I didn't realize I was doing it. And so I've been making a real conscious effort not to do it. And she said to him, how many times would you say I rolled my eyes in the last 18, eight months? And he said, I don't remember a time. And wow. she said, and that little thing has made all the difference in the world in our communication. Hmm. So yeah, that the, one, the little tiny things, can, right? Or, yeah, yeah. And so, um, yeah, Gottman talks a lot about the harsh startup. So I w that's what I was thinking about when you're talking about the keys. I mean, if you're starting your day, you know, the last thing that you do before you go off your separate corners to for the work day is to have an argument about the keys. Yeah. Well, what's left in your mind about the other person all day yeah, is a negative thing. That's negative. Yeah. That carries all through all day. Something yeah. as simple as having that. That and then you right place. then you don't spend your day looking forward to returning to that place, right? Either because you you know that's a a place of pain. You know, I just left the last thing before I left was painful. What's it going to be like when I get back there? Yeah, what, then, you know that that's <laughs> what you just said is huge because 
there are so many people that the last place they want to go to at the end mm-hmm. of the workday is home. Right. Because they don't see it as a safe haven. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by safe for most people, I'm talking about a place where they can go and feel accepted. Yeah. On February 9th through the 11th, Growing Love Network will be heading to the coastal town of Vider, Texas, to do our marriage seminar called My Love Lasts. The Turning Point Church in Vider has been a beacon for that community in the wake of Hurricane Harvey. Most of the people of Vider had their homes flooded and, over the next several days, began flocking into that church for shelter and food. Over the ensuing weeks, Turning Point Church continued to be a delivery site for many of the supplies that were pouring in. A few weeks ago, that church contacted me and said that now, with so many people living in temporary shelters or with relatives and with in-laws, and with all of the financial and logistical challenges, there's been a huge increase in marital problems. They desperately need help for the marriages in their church and community. One big problem, though, Not only have they run out of funds to be able to host a marriage seminar, they still need help to provide building and repair materials for those who can't afford them. They told us that another big help would be gift cards for Home Depot and Lowe's. So, we're going to bring them our two-day marriage seminar, My Love Lasts, as a way of doing our part to help out with the Hurricane Harvey victims. At the same time, we saw a huge opportunity to let others help as well. Now it's that time of year when most nonprofit organizations are doing their end of the year push for fundraising. We cannot bring you Relationship Rewire or provide the many scholarships for Love Reboot that we provide on a monthly basis without our donors. So we're asking that you take a moment and go to our website, growinglovenetwork.org and help us continue to help families and marriages. But we are also setting aside a fund specifically for the Hurricane Harvey Relief Inviter. So right now, you can actually give to both good causes in one stop. If you prefer a part or even all of your donation to go to the Hurricane Relief effort, simply follow the instructions when you click on the Donate button. We will use those donations only for the purposes of providing help Inviter. So you need to ask yourself right now, Have I done what I can and need to do to help out? Should I do more? If the answer is yes, then you know what you need to do right now before listening to the rest of this podcast or before you do anything else except if you're driving and need to pull over first. What you do is hit the pause button and go to growinglovenetwork.org and click on the donate button. Come on, you know it's the right thing to do. And so um, when you're talking about having, like, it, it just came to my mind, it, wouldn't it be great if every home had a room where in this room we don't, we don't um, address, we don't try to solve issues. Hmm. We don't bring up, uh, you know, we don't confront each other about things that we think we need to grow in mm-hmm. or get better at or get, you know, quit yeah. doing or whatever. This is a safe uh, this is a Well, safe that's probably place. why people have man caves and she sheds. Yeah, <laughs> Cause exactly. Because they think the only way to get that haven is to have their own separate space. Exactly, you know? yeah. So, like, but, maybe there should be um, a us shed or us cave. <laughs> I like that. Where, um, and, and this is something that I do with couples is, 
you know, you've got to spend some time every day. This is what dating is. Mm -hmm. We tell people if, when you're dating mm -hmm. that the rules are you don't bring up issues. You don't mm -hmm. solve problems that don't have to be mm -hmm. solved right then. That there's a safe place that all, all only conversation is what it's what's it like to be you. And then just the only feedback you give is, is acceptance. You know, yeah. you find some way to accept yeah. what they're saying. And so there's there's that safe place. And I think, yeah. yeah. That think that's so, what you're talking about. That all of this, there needs to be something. There needs to be some kind of uh, semblance of this is a safe place for me to be me, and I'm exactly. not going to be judged by you. I'm, I'm going to feel accepted mm -hmm. by you. Yeah. And it should be a place of of joy and delight. Mm. Like um, think think about the five senses and how how our home should delight the five senses. So first of all, it should be a place of beauty. And that doesn't mean, I don't mean by that that, you know, every home should be professionally decorated. Mm -hmm. But it, beauty of, what, it, what is beauty to, to this family? You know, is, mm -hmm. it, is it the kids' artwork on the walls? Yeah. You know, yeah. that's, that's beautiful. Yeah. Um, or um, uh, is it the plants that you tend? I don't know. What is it, uh, what is it that makes that space beautiful to you? Mm -hmm. Organization, if, you know, if... If everything being neat and tidy is a high priority to you and that's beautiful to you, then, you know, that's touching on that, that sense of beauty. Yeah. Um, then uh, the sounds in that home. Is there music playing? Yeah. Uh, are, are the sounds that you hear, is it laughter and encouraging words? Yeah. Joanna knows that I love... Josh Carroll, she likes a few of the songs, uh -huh. but I know, like, w one of my best is to come in the door, and she's cooking dinner, and she's got Josh Carroll's. It's like she's, it's like, she's making it and oh, budding for she's, me. She knows yeah, what yeah. what makes you happy, and yeah. 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 So the other senses, um, well, talking about cooking, you know, having, having food, yummy smells, yeah. and... I got to confess that I probably haven't cooked a real meal in about five years. <laughs> so, so I'm not, you know, it could be takeout, but, but it's where, where you're, um, you're going to be nourished. Your body is going to be physically nourished yeah. with food in this place. So that's the taste. And it's mm -hmm. going to be, it's going to be good and healthy and, you know, yeah. and then the smells, the smells of, of food, of, um, candles burning, Pot pourri. Uh, uh, yeah, potpourri. Potpourri. <laughs> Man, I haven't even used that word in decades. <laughs> um, what do they call it now? I don't know. I guess we would use essential oils or something now. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, a diffuser. Diffu there you go, a diffuser. Um, <laughs> this room but, smells diffused. <laughs> but uh, so the... the Every sense, uh -huh. each of our senses is delighted in this space. And then, of course, the sense of touch. Yeah. That You get a um, touch when you get that home. You get yeah. touch. You get, you get physical affection in this place. Yeah. And uh, yeah. so it, 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 sometimes it kind of helps because a lot of times, you know, we kind of let one, you know, we let, let the garbage stack up a little too much you don't take the garbage out and so then it, there's a bad odor from that you know and yeah. or we you know let the beauty slip in one way or let you know but if we can kind of 
intentionally think about those five senses and and is our home delightful in each of those five ways uh, it makes it more of a sanctuary more of a place that you look forward to coming home to side note on that mm -hmm. oxytocin yeah it's a, okay. the neurotransmitter that helps you feel bonded to something uh, mm. it's um the, both the mother and child have oxytocin release oh, yeah. when they're levels. breastfeeding yeah. uh -huh. and uh, actually both um, both partners when they orgasm they have an oxytocin spike huh. but you also okay. get oxytocin from positive caring loving touch so the more that you touch then the more um, that you feel bonded hmm. so that's why you know just a kiss before you leave every day a, a hug when you come home you know a yeah. touch yeah. It does a whole lot. It actually kind of yeah. does a thing in your brain that, that yeah. rewires it. And a little um, extra. Um, oh, that's a re relationship rewire is what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> Children who are touched a lot in loving ways by their parents, mm -hmm. by both parents, mm -hmm. tend to be better sexual partners hmm. than those who weren't. Really? Because they sustain oxytocin. So, you know, the classic... Um, you know the old uh, '70s movies where they, after sex, would roll over and smoke a cigarette, right? Because then the oxy, the, there's not much oxytocin being sustained. That, that level doesn't sustain. Yeah. Uh -huh. So. Oh, that's interesting. So, like, uh, the some of those uh, cultures where male friends that go, walk around grown men holding hands, they're uh -huh. they're, yeah. they're actually uh, they're they're reported as being better. In bed than ones that are with not. their heterosexual with, partners. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah. That's, that's a whole nother story. That's a whole nother podcast. Yeah. Well, anything else, or do you think we've? Uh... Oh gosh, I, I mean, I feel like we could talk about all of this for a long time because, you know, it, as we're talking about relationships and talking about the home, they're uh, they're so connected. They're you can't have one without the other, really. Yeah. You know when um when a couple wants to make a life together they make a home together yeah and so the 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 two concepts are really very interconnected oh yeah super interconnected and, yeah uh -huh. well this has been this has been a lot better than i when you you know when <laughs> when you, anders your daughter first mentioned it to me i was like what you know, and then I, how do these things yeah, go how together? These things go together, and way more than I ever uh, would have thought at first glance. Yeah, and some really good stuff. We maybe we can uh, come back in a year and 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 as we're running through this through a different filter now, yeah, we'll, we'll revisit, see a bunch of other stuff. Revisit this, yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, so yeah. Um, go ahead. Well, I just want to say that for for any of our clients and um, and our our staging studio community that know anybody who's struggling in a relationship, I just really want to encourage you that there have somebody who has been through that and um, has gotten help. Uh, I just want, want to encourage you that there is help and um, tell us some of the resources that you've got for that. Well, our website is growinglovenetwork.org. We are a 501c3. So our, our main, probably what uh, people best know us for is Love Reboot, our three-day. We call it the, the most important three days of your marriage. Mm -hmm. And um, that intensive is um, we have about half the couples that come get scholarship assistance. 
we uh, I, I work with a lot of couples one on two or one on one with people. We do another thing, uh, a, a retreat that's called My Love Last. In fact, we're doing one in a week and a half. In and you have really great soft T-shirts with that too. Oh yeah, and we need to get my more son-in-laws of those. love the T-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we're doing one of those. There's a church in Vider, Texas. They got hit really hard by the Hurricane Harvey, mm, mm-hmm. and uh, they said, you know, three months after the hurricane, they said our biggest need now is the marriage. Everybody's living. Then oh, again, the oh, this is perfect stress. with what we're saying because they're all living in FEMA trailers or with their homes have been destroyed, right? And, and they're not living in their home, right? And it's putting a lot of strain in their marriage, and wow. and so they said, so, but we need a, so we need a marriage seminar, but we can't afford it. So we said, mm-hmm. we'll we're this is perfect time with what you guys are doing. Mm-hmm. So we will we'll raise the money and come down there and do it. We've already got set, oh, almost seventy five couples signed up, and and uh, so that's right. that's going to be. So anything. see, there you go. If there's something that you've been wanting to do for hurricane victims, this is something that you can do is help to provide scholarships for those families. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You can get on there and, and donate, and you can actually let us know if you want it uh, directly going to that or mm-hmm. to the scholarship fund for couples to come to. Of reboot, and then we have our this podcast relationship we rewire that mm-hmm. um, is averaging uh, a little over seven hundred downloads a day, which is wow. blowing our mind. Yeah, wow. So, yeah, awesome. awesome. So, Debbie Betty is what we call Debbie because my youngest daughter, when she was little bitty, she's she couldn't 20, say Aunt Debbie. She's twenty one so. years old. Yeah, and she would say Betty, so she's known to the rest of us, Betty. Betty, thanks so much for being on here, yeah. um, and thank you for what you guys are doing, uh, how you're giving back to the community and um, to people who give back to the world. Thank you for that's how you uh, are. and what you can find them at. Uh, tell us your website again. So stagingstudio.com is the training for stagers and realtors and then and lots of free resources and stuff on there fun stuff uh and then by design sa as in san antonio that's our local staging company you guys have gotten some awards for yeah. some like some national awards for your staging yes, we've stuff been and... named top five staging companies in the country all right and, um yeah some other things yeah good yeah so yeah, as long as you're not setting up shop in san antonio <laughs> then uh, check that. No, I'm just kidding. Well, thanks so much for being on. Thank you. This has been great. It has. Fun to work with my brother. <laughs> Love you. Love you. Relationship Rewire is produced by Growing Love Network. Growing Love Network exists to revolutionize relationships for lifelong love. You can find us on the web at growinglovenetwork.org. We welcome your feedback on this or any of our episodes. Send us an email to relationshiprewire at gmail.com. Do we say that we're related? Sure. <laughs>